Bank Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Switch gears here a little bit, do some fun stuff, and we're going to talk about a segment I'm calling Question Mark. So I'm going to ask you some rapid-fire questions, super rapid-fire. You can pass if you want, but this is a segment we're calling Question Mark to get to know the great Dodgers team historian, Mark Lanzo. You ready, Mark? I'm going to pass if you call me great. (laughs) (laughs) Elite. Right, Eric? (laughs) All right, let's do it. You ready, Mark? I'm ready. Okay. One, age when you attended your first Dodgers game? Seven years old. Favorite Dodger position player growing up? Easy. Jimmy Wynn, outfielder, the toy cannon. Favorite Dodger pitcher growing up? Probably Mike Marshall, the reliever. 106 appearances in 1974 when they won the the pennant. Another screwballer. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Uh, Biggest what-if in Dodgers history? Oh, biggest what-if in Dodgers history... what if they kept Newcomb in the game uh, in 1951? Uh, what if they used Drysdale in the playoff against the Giants in 1962? And uh, same, you can use any what if in a loss, because anytime you have a loss, what if, what if? Did you hear that, Dave Roberts? He just led you off the hook for not saying Rich Hill in 2017. But next question, most painful Dodgers loss in history that you've experienced? Oh, gosh. Some of those I just block out of my uh, system. I'd have to say the very first time I went to a World Series game, 1977, and I was so excited because my Aunt Dorothy took me to the game. I'm like, the Dodgers are down two games to one, and I've already got it planned. They're going to win today. They're going to tie the series. They're going to win on Sunday. They're going to go up three games to two, and then they're going to wrap it up when they go back to New York. And from the excitement, I've got the pennant, I've got the, I've got the pen, I've got the, I mean, I'm at the World Series. It was just like watching paint dry. It was torture. The Yankees won in a boring game, four to two. And it's just, just so painful because you're that close. You've gotten that far. And, and you're, it's just not, and you're right there. You're looking at it. They're the Yankees. They're the Dodgers. And nothing's happening. So as a kid, I think the emotions were uh, were elevated. So definitely that first uh, that first World Series game. Okay, sorry, I made you live through some pain there. So let's flip it. The most joyous Dodger game, in your opinion, for you? Whew. I'd have to say the uh, when Kike hit the uh, three homers at Wrigley uh, and they won the pennant uh, because having waited. Gosh, I think it was like 25 years, uh, knowing that you're going to get a World Series ring. But just that excitement of being in the World Series in our premium department uh, had FaceTimed me from Chicago. And when I answered it, all they did was scream. And that's how I knew that we had won, because me being the big chicken that I am, I couldn't watch it because uh, the second and third rounds of the playoffs, if we get to the World Series, that's fine. Um, But my my brain can be like a popcorn machine and it's too painful 
um, sometimes to, to, to follow it. So um, that's how I found out that we had won the pennant with the premium department screaming. So that that was really that was really exciting. That was that was such a great moment. Kike Hernandez, one of the biggest fan favorites. Who's the biggest fan favorite Dodger of all time from a previous era, not currently? I think Steve Garvey, because uh, he was the write-in All-Star candidate in 1974, voted to the All-Star game, and he was the type guy that was one of the pioneers in terms of answering the fan mail and just making sure that um, he wanted the fans in on it. As far as you know, sharing his career with the fans, and I got to tell you, my mother sent away for his autograph in the summer of '74 because she heard on the radio he did his fan mail what do i get for christmas uh, even though he had addressed it to my mother i still have it a, a piece of green paper folded into thirds to diane my very best wishes steve garvey now that's something that you don't have to do and i think that's the the nice thing is when ball players here 20, 30, 40 years later from the young fans when they grow up. Hey, you were nice to me as a kid. And, and that's a really great compliment as far as uh, how you treated fans as a kid. And then they come back as an adult and go, still my favorite player. Uh, yeah, no, I got some stories like that, too. Players that have been great, some pe- some players that haven't been great. But, yeah, having that impact early on, for sure. So you saw Steve Garvey on the field a couple days ago. He still got it, man. He's still he's, – Popeye's still he's eating his guard. spinach, man. He's the guard. Yeah, and he's killing the game. Next one. Okay, most underrated Dodger ever. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Well, I think you got to go by era and, and the circumstance because 1965, they don't win the World Series without Claude Osteen, who pitches a shutout in Game 3 after Colfax and Drysdale lose the first two games. Uh, 1988, Mike Sosha, you don't have Kirk Gibson unless he hits that homer off of Doc Gooden. Uh, so I think it's the unsung hero coming up. Uh, for example, uh, 1959, Larry Sherry uh, and Roger Craig. Um, leading them to the championship, but Chuck Asijian hitting two pinch hit home runs. So I think that's the key, because I think once you do it for a long time, you're not underrated anymore. So sometimes you can have that breakthrough moment, and then all of a sudden they're like, like 1983. Yeah, this reliever is doing pretty good. A guy named Oral Hershiser. So, uh, but I, really an Osteen, a Sosha, uh, that type moment where you don't have this unless that happens. And yeah. sometimes, like an Osteen shutout, Colfax has the statue, gets all the attention but there's no 1965 championship unless Osteen pitches a shutout in game three yeah, that's a great one. You could also say Larry's brother, Norm Sherry, for t- giving t- Koufax that tip and kind of changing the trajectory of his career. Okay, favorite Dodger stadium moment all time that isn't Kirk Gibson's walk-off shot in game one of the 1988 World Series? Whew, I have you can throw out a, f- a couple, too, on these if you feel like. I'd, I'd have to say it d- just depends on what era you were in your life. And so... 75 uh, last home game I finally meet my favorite player Jimmy Wynn on Autograph Sunday 1990 I'm a sports writer for Pasadena Star News pinch hitter for the Padres in the top of the ninth inning versus uh, Don Ossie guy named Rob Nelson who was from South Pass Little League it's just like the Sandlot it turned out that's his only at bat and we had played Little League together so and he's such a great guy so that was such a cool moment to have a guy from your Little League being announced at Dodger Stadium uh, and then I think, 
Oof. I think this year having a having the granddaughter uh, Katie Harada come to the game May the twelfth from Hawaii, and and that just blows your mind because you're you're looking at her and you're thinking you know you may not be a baseball fan, but I hope whatever you do in life gives you gives you as much pleasure that I've had uh, being at the ball game. So when you see somebody young like that, it really makes you think because as I say, fifty years at the ballpark, uh, that's a that's a big chunk of the life and. The great thing is I can honestly say I've never had a bad day at the ballpark. Even if they lost the game, I'm still at the ballpark. No, yeah, I think that's the great thing about it. You don't know what's going to happen, right? You're on pins and needles. You're on the edge of your seat. Yeah, I agree with you, too. Sometimes you can point to the obvious greatest moment, Justin Turner in 2017, Kershaw's no-hitter. But for me, it's still and probably always will be that 2004 walk-off Grand Slam by Steve Finley. Growing up a Dodger fan, not experiencing very much success at all whatsoever. To me, that felt like winning the World Series. But let's keep it moving here. Next one. One at bat to save your life. Which Dodger are you sending to the plate? Oh, the Garb. No, that's an easy one. There you the, go. The Garb. He's the Garb. Got, you know, what three forty lifetime batting average in the in the playoffs? A five and zero record in league championship series. Getting Burt Hooten off the hook when he needed his twelfth straight win. Biggest hit in San Diego Padre history with the homer off of Lee Smith in Game Four that eventually propels them to the pennant. So I'd have to go with the Garb. Hey, I think we, it sounds like we need to do another episode on his Hall of Fame case. <laughs> we'll do that another day. Uh, one, in the next one, you're having the ultimate Dodgers dinner party. You have, you, have, you have yourself and four other current or former Dodgers. Who's going to that dinner party? Well, first of all, Al the Bull Ferrara, because he's a wonderful storyteller. And I think that's the key. I would just want to be a fly on the wall to hear a Vin Scully and Al Ferrara um, Gosh, anybody that had a very long and distinguished career, um, because that's the most that's the amazing thing when you can just sit back and hear them talk. The the thing I loved most of all, as far as sitting in the back dining room, would be to hear stories from Lasorda, to hear it from Scully, to hear it from Monday, and just that casual perspective as far as what what they felt or what they behind the scenes were feeling at the time. One of my favorites was Rick and Tommy would do this routine because the day that they had that flag burning attempt in 1976. Sort is the third base coach, and he's charging out there to center field when these two guys come onto the field to try to burn the flag, and Rick Monday saves it from being burned. And so Tommy tells the story that, I ran out there. I told him, hit me, hit me, because he yeah, wanted yeah. to have that excuse. And, and Rick would just calmly there, you know, you know, cutting his meat, and he'd look up, and finally he said, the only reason you ran out there is because you thought they were spreading a picnic blanket. And, and <laughs> yeah. you know, Tommy, oh, Rick, how can you say that? And they would do that every night, and I never got tired of it. No, I think I would definitely have, I'll go with Lasorda, Jackie, and then probably Vince Scully, because Vince Scully could probably know everyone's stories. And then I'd like to have uh, time with Lasorda for the food, too, and the stories. It'd be great. But next question, favorite piece of Dodgers memorabilia that you own? I'd say my autograph book as a kid, uh, because that was very special. Uh, that's something that you would carry with you. You'd have it in the pavilion if guys made appearances. Um, that's really the first thing that I can think of. I still have the ticket stub to my first game. I still have the program. Um, but I'd say the autograph book, because that encapsulates the childhood as far as, could I have your autograph, please? Uh, and, and remarkably... I had a great percentage. Um, I don't ever recall any, anybody ever saying no or being rude. Um, so I was very lucky in that, that regard as well. 
Nice, nice. That's awesome. So last one here. Who's your Dodgers Mount Rushmore? Kind of put you on the spot, but who's your Dodgers Mount Rushmore? Well, that's easy. It's Scully. Uh, Scully, in terms of, you mean as far as... A, no, in terms of, you got to pick four. So oh, Mount oh, Rushmore okay. of, of all-time Dodgers. I can't just make it a bigger thing of Scully and You know, for you, we'll three. add some more heads. I'll go up there. And we'll chip, we'll you know chip out some more. So you got? I'd have to say I'd have to say the people that I've really enjoyed as far as their camaraderie, their um, I'd have to say Vin Scully, the broadcaster. I'd have to say uh, Steve Garvey. I'd have to say Clayton Kershaw because I appreciate everything that he went through as far as the pressure uh, and things like that. But I'd also have to say a guy named Steve Brenner, who was the publicity director when I was a kid. And I always wanted to be Steve Brenner. I thought, wow, 10 years old. And he was 24 at the time. There's such a job as PR director of the Dodgers, of a baseball team. I later found out team historian is really cool as well, but that didn't exist. And, and I'd say that because those were the influences. And also, I'd say Danny Goodman because he was in charge of all the novelties. And so as a kid, you had the Danny Goodman souvenirs, and he was the one that when they came out to L.A. in 58, put the Dodger logo on everything. So one hand, you got broadcasting, you got publications, you've got novelty, uh, and then you've got great personalities and great people like Garvey and Kershaw. That's amazing. Those are some deep cuts I did not expect. I thought you were going to go for the, the usual suspects, but knowing you were going to go with some deep cuts. And look, there's about 15, 20, 30 people you could include on that. There's really not very many wrong answers. You go to O'Malley, Jack. I mean, there's so many names you can include in that list. But uh, Mark Langell, thank you so much for joining us here. But thanks again, Mark, and I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Oh, man. And as always, I want your takes down below in the comments section. In your opinion, what is the biggest what if is in Dodgers history, who is the most underrated Dodger? Who's on your Dodgers Mount Rushmore? Give me all your takes to the same questions we asked Mr. Mark Langell down below. For all latest Dodgers news and rumors all season long, be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and if you really want to support the channel, smash that like button. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And until next time, think blue. Bleed blue, and I'm out. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home.